It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined as always by my longtime co-host, Carson Ray. Hey everybody, great day to talk about X-Wing and some points. And our other co-host, John well, John McDermott. John, you just got married. Did your last name change? Do I need to know? Nope, I'm still John McDermott. Now, I heard you can change your middle name when you get married. Did you change your middle name to Ian? I, or danger. I didn't know that that uh, was a thing. Otherwise, I might have. Um, but I, I believe I you can't. At least in the state of Minnesota, you could say so you could have been John Ian McDermott, which would have been perfect. that would have been pretty sweet, danger. actually. Um, but yeah, I'm back. I've been off for a couple weeks, so I'm excited to talk about some points. And yeah, you're back just in time for points conversation. I guess not really though. We could have talked about him last week if you wouldn't have, you know, spent all that time getting married. Uh, but we're here well, this week. You to missed start. out on all that new first order um, expansions that we talked about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh man, we did a comprehensive uh, review of all the new f- first order ships coming out. Carson, you seem to it's think that great. like first order is my favorite, and it's not. Like I could care less about first order if I'm being honest. They're just kind of fun to play. You could care right. less. I could. Ty Heavy, then? Yeah. Pretty exciting. Dude, yeah. Ty Heavy looks sweet. Ty Heavy looks dope. All right. So this week, we're going to be talking about points. We're going to start our conversation here. Uh, we were looking at all the stuff we have to talk about, and we decided we'll probably have to split this across a couple episodes just to keep our format because, I mean, last week's episode was kind of pushing it for us, and uh, I don't want to I don't want to stress anyone's attention spans. And apparently, I talk too much, so we got we to <laughs> narrow the window. Yep, so this week we're going to start looking at points. We're going to look at the prequel factions, which got a lot of changes. We're going to cover hyperspace and extended for each of those factions. And then we're also going to look at some of the generic upgrades, because that'll give us kind of a baseline for the uh, next couple episodes about points. So lots of stuff to talk about this week. I think we should get into it. Absolutely. Well, it's been a long time coming, but finally, a couple weeks ago, we got the X-Wing points update for... What was supposed to be June and ended up being end of July, which is fine. We're still happy to get points. Um, One of the big things they noted about this points update is since we didn't have a lot of time before uh, the pandemic started for players to use the most, the past points update, they decided not to remove anything. Uh, They just tweaked things. So hyperspace did not have any changes to it with ships being removed. We did see some ships added though. Yeah. So let's start off. We're looking at Republic. We got those V-19 Torrent pilots added to hyperspace, um, 7th Fleet Gunner, Synchronized Console. Am I forgetting anything, Tim? Um, oh, man, Goji. Goji got added, right? Finally. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so on the, the Torrent end, they added uh, a couple new Torrents. We got uh, Swoop, Tucker, and the Blue Squadron Protector all got added to hyperspace, as well as Oddball. Um, what we did not get still are kickback and axe and the lowest point generic gold squadron trooper. Those were not added. So just kind of the middle selection of torrent pilots. Uh, this is great because these are all the torrent pilots that I really have never seen on the table. And so now we have the opportunity for them to be used in hyperspace and people can't use that gold squadron trooper. Uh, that is such a great value. They got to go up to that blue squadron protector or some of the named ones 
Now, John, you'd used uh, Seventh Fleet Gunner a lot in the past with your Arc Squad. Are you excited to see that in hyperspace? I am. Like, I was pretty bummed to see that card go away because, you know, my Gen Con list was the four Arcs, three of which had the Seventh Fleet Gunner. Um, that particular list is still not hyperspace legal, but to have that Gunner card back, I think, um, is a good upgrade for the Republic to have access to again. Yeah, and I, I don't think too much about having synchronized console added. I mean, it. It was one of those upgrades, we talked about it early on, where it looked cool and seemed very thematic for the Republic side, uh, being able to share target locks with other ships, basically. Um, It's just not a very good card, so I don't expect to see a lot of play from it, even though it's in hyperspace now. Yeah, but, you know, it's cheap. Maybe it'll happen. I've seen it used to some effect in, like, an epic game. Uh not a lot. I mean, I've only played an epic game against like a Republic list once, but I don't. I just don't think it has much utility in like a standard, you know, hyperspace or extended game. Right. Like if you got the high enough volume of ships where so many ships have it, they could use it. But in a standard X-wing game, since the ship cap is kind of limited and inherently, there's just not a good opportunity for that. Um, I do want to kind of circle back to that Seventh Fleet Gunner card, though. One of the best things that the Republic has going for them in hyperspace are those calibrated laser targeting uh, Jedi ships, which are a great ship to boost up the attack on with the Seventh Fleet Gunner. And so having access to that in hyperspace, I think um, it's going to give the Republic a lot of versatility there. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely going to give Republic squads a lot more bite. Um, I think it's a pretty strong addition you get to and a good reason to run arcs in hyperspace. Uh, before, without having access to the 104th Battalion pilot, which was the lowest generic, uh, it was kind of hard to justify the value. And since you didn't have sinker, there wasn't great synergy with any of your other ships. But the fact that they can take the 7th Fleet Gunner uh, seems like that could be a pretty pretty good way to add some extra firepower to your ships. I think there's going to be some good usage of this card, too, with the uh, LAAT gunship when that comes out. You know, That, I think, is going to fill more of a support role for the Republic faction anyway. And with that bow tie arc that I can rotate, I think, you know, it's going to have a lot of table that I can cover with its firing arcs. So it'll really give that uh, that ability some more range. Ooh, that is true. Very exciting. Yeah, so now they'll, in theory, that will come out into hyperspace. So they'll have two options for adding that 7th Fleet Gunner and supporting, you know, either the offense of the ship itself or those Jedi. Maybe a torrent. We did get a lot of point changes, though, uh, over on the hyperspace side. So uh, first off, I wanted to bring up Oddball in the arc. Went down two points, now 49 points. How do we feel about that? Is Oddball playable now in the arc? Still too expensive. I think you better play him. (laughs) Still too expensive. Yeah, probably not worth talking about much. Uh, We did see uh, quite a few point decreases over on the Republic Y-Wing side, though. Uh, Anakin Pilot going down five points to 55. Oddball going down two points to 42 still probably not playable and then r2d2 and goji go down three points to 32 and 29 respectively i think these are the real winners yeah um those are great price points they're going to fit into a lot of lists um where you know you don't quite want to torrent you want a little bit extra and can't quite fit you know the republic has a lot in the 40s 50s price point range um and so i think having these guys you know basically at 30 points each 32 29 um, that's a great option for the Republic. Yeah, I feel like um, with this points update, because so much of this update was a lot of like very minor changes up and down to things because it was more tweaking 
uh, nothing too substantial. So anytime we see like point decreases by like three points or more, um, that's kind of very splashy and it catches your attention. Um, so yeah, I would start to expect to see more of at least the lower tier Y wings, RTD two and Goji showing up. I really like the five point drop on Anakin though too now because granted, while it is a Y wing, now you can have a three force initiative six torpedo carrier at sub 70 points which seems really good 68 points with proton torpedo that's a spendy y-wing right there though it's worth it with that crit mitigation it might be just protect him with dedicated (laughs) nah (laughs) or nah um we also saw some increases to uh obi-wan and plo koon each going up one point in the other sprites um this was kind of expected carson because those were doing pretty good so i'm not surprised to see them go up a little bit in cost yeah i think plo koon wasn't needed as much but obi-wan definitely and i mean you know for people (laughs) i saw some negative feedback where a lot of people who didn't think they uh needed raises were a little shocked by that but i mean one point is pretty manageable I think most of the builds I'd run. That's above. a generous, generous change to Obi. I thought Obi Wan should go up too. I agree. Yeah, his ability is pretty good, and with three force to back it up, like you're using it, I'd say pretty consistently, like to the point where I would have even been okay with like a three point increase to him. Yeah, same. So I think still a great value for the Republic. Both those guys. Yeah, those, those seem like very justifiable point increases. Um, I'm not sure where I fall about Rick O'Lee, though, because we saw Rick go up three points is now at 45 in the N1. I Yeah, I think he was fine at 42. I don't really understand the three-point increase because I don't, I don't really see Rick as, like, an oppressive ship in hyperspace. Like, last year around Gen Con, he was pretty strong, but I don't think you see as much play with him now. I could be wrong. Well... And also, part of that is um, the regen droids going up in cost. Yeah. Also kind of increased his cost because um, he's great with those. So now him going up plus having to pay premium for that R2 astromech feels pretty expensive. At that point, I'm starting to look at the other um, Nabu fighters, which maybe that is good because usually I just took Rick and didn't really look at the other ones. Yeah, part of me wonders if, because I mean, plus three points in this points update is a pretty substantial change. Part of me wonders if they wanted to see more Padmes and more Anakins getting play in the N1, and then Rick was just kind of making that impossible, right? Because, I mean, he's still really good. Like, and if you've seen people who know how to fly Rick really well, like, you can do some crazy good stuff with him. Right. Um, If he's flown poorly, he just falls apart almost immediately. And I, I learned that when I was flying him early on. Like, if you put him into a bad position, you don't think it had that extra couple turns, he would just get torn apart. I think at 45 points, I'd rather actually take Padme than Rick. Because her ability is really strong. Yeah, and definitely looking at uh, Anakin as well, because him in um, the N1 is pretty great as well with that force. Is uh, Padme limits what your opponent can modify, right? Yeah, their, you can only modify arc. one focus result. Oh, that is pretty if she's in If you're in the firing arc, looking for the exact wording on that. I had it up and then it disappeared. <laughs> well, and it like, so it definitely, I'm looking here, it definitely makes Anakin more appealing at 41 points because, I mean, his trick with the um, non-action, you know, barrel roll is pretty cool. Um, and you know, now it's a four point gap rather than just a one point gap between him and Rick. So that seems like a more interesting decision. 
Yeah, and with um, passive sensors going down, Anakin gets a little better there as well. All right, let's talk about everyone's favorite ship, though, the Torrent. Mm. Yeah, so there were so definitely some interesting changes here. I think kind of the more, most straightforward one was the generic Blue Squadron Protector, which is the I-3 Torrent, went down to 26 points. So um, that's the cheapest Torrent available in hyperspace. And in Extended, it's only one point more than the uh, Gold Squadron Trooper. Honestly, like at that price point, I'm not really missing the Gold Squadron Trooper um, in hyperspace. You know, Blue Squadron Protector seems to fill that same role pretty well. You know, paying one extra point, that's not that big of a deal. That extra initiative helps, too, against a lot of droid lists, you know, because you get that bump from two to three, which, you know, maybe doesn't have a lot of influence against, like, a three-ship build with some kind of AC ships in it, but against a lot of other, like, efficiency and mid-range lists, like, having that extra initiative is really helpful. Well, and I think, like, closing the gap with the points there, we're getting it close to what the Gold Squadron Trooper's at uh, for hyperspace, I think is going to be pretty impactful. This might be one of the more impactful changes for the Republic side of things, uh, because, you know, paying that extra point and getting the extra initiative doesn't seem so bad compared to the Gold Squadron Trooper. And the Republic just did not have a good filler ship like this in hyperspace until now. So I would, I mean, I definitely expect to start seeing people run mini swarms of these in their Republic squads for sure. I also think you're going to see Tucker kind of hit that filler ship role pretty well. Yeah, getting that free focus action after another friendly ship performs an attack. You know, if you've got a munition on him, you could line up a double-modded shot, which is always pretty powerful. Well, and I, I feel like when Tucker started, I think Tucker was like 32 points or something, like way back in the day. It was ridiculous. Um, Yeah, it was ridiculously high for an Initiative 2 ship. And um, I actually, like the ability on its own is pretty strong, like being able to get that so you can modify whatever missile you're firing um it's pretty good I, I just feel like they're finally getting to the point where it's usable now and now that it's so close to the generic like it does actually make a lot more sense 27 points is nothing and then you throw a medium priced missile on there that seems actually pretty okay yeah absolutely and you know especially when we're looking at you know these guys have slightly higher initiatives um except for tucker you know having your ships all have the same initiative there's so much value in that so you know, not having to pay too much points to get that extra initiative on your torrents. Um, that's great so that you can have, you know, now you can take that blue squadron protector and Ahsoka and have like a ton of flexibility in how you activate those ships. I think the other thing too, that's good kind of circling back to the blue squadron protector again is just for one point over the gold squadron trooper, you also get access to that pilot talent slot, which if you're trying to, you know, just dedicated, drop in a little <laughs> dedicated all the way. Yeah, if you're just trying to drop in a little filler ship, like having one, you know, with either, you know, like maybe marksmanship or, you know, another little ability like that, like that's it's not bad. It's a good value. Absolutely. We also saw, uh, I believe there's some cheaper Astromex, and I got to make sure I get these right. So R4P44 went down two points, is now three, and R4P Astromex went down two points and is now two. And I'm going to have to remind myself what those are. Those are the the ones that do things when you do the red maneuvers. You can get a calculate if the enemy ship is in your bullseye. At least that's R4P44. Oh, yeah, and R4P44. So the R4P44 is not in hyperspace. I forgot that. So that one is an extended. We'll talk about that in a minute. R4P4 is before you execute a basic maneuver, you may spend one charge of your two. If you do, while you execute that maneuver, reduces difficulty. difficulty. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and these are great because there's cards that do kind of similar things that, you know, aren't limited to just two charges. Um, and so you kind of felt like you're overpaying for this um, just being an Astromech slot, and it was limited. Yeah, and in general, too, like I like cards that you basically pay a point per time you use the ability. Like, so for the R4P Astromech, it has two charges, right? So basically for a point, you can reduce the difficulty of one of your maneuvers for a turn, and that that's pretty good. That's actually a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that seems, that seems like awesome. a pretty reasonable value now. I mean, how many points do people who use Leia crew, right, um, spend for that? So uh, I remember when Republic was first introduced as an faction, and I still like it as a faction, but it had a lot of cool card designs that ended up not really being playable in any format. And one of those was Battle Meditation, um, which was a cool concept, a kind of a Jedi-focused upgrade where they would be able to coordinate the same action to two generic ships. Seemed very Clone Wars-y, uh, felt appropriate for the faction, but it never really found its place in the game. Now we're seeing a point decrease on it. Yeah, this one almost felt to me like it was supposed to be a Plo Koon-specific upgrade because I think he's the only one that would really ever use it because he's already got kind of a support ability, right? Especially if you take just the calibrated laser targeting config on him, he's a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, throw him in there in a list with a couple Y-wings to get some you know, maybe extra target locks or extra focus tokens for some munitions. Um, but it, I guess, yeah, it kind of a, kind of a bunk card. Yeah. And so now we're seeing a point decrease for it. So now on the high end, it's based on initiative. So on the high end, it's still going to cost you, it's going to cost you 10 points rather than 12. Um, but it gets cheaper as you go down the line. So like your middle of the road, regular Jedi Knight is going to only cost you four points to run battle meditation. Um, and then it's six and eight for initiatives four and five, respectively. So um, pretty inexpensive, actually. So you can get two actions on another ship with their purple coordinate. Um, again, it's kind of hard to set up because it is a purple coordinate action, so it's already costing you a force charge. So that's kind of a cost on its own. And it's going to take up your action to actually use the coordinate. Yeah, and this is one that I like that they're kind of approaching cautiously with points changes, you know, just doing a small drop um, because you know, this could be really powerful um, if it's too cheap. And so like you do want to be cautious about pricing this. And I think they're, I think they're still doing that, which is great. So that's all the uh, hyperspace changes. We saw a few more changes that uh, stretch out into extended Um, following up with the other Jedi. We saw Mace Windu go up one point to 46. So that's not really surprising seeing how well Jedi were doing in both formats. Yeah, and then, of course, some other torrents went down. Um, kickback and Axe, you know, kind of in line with all the other torrent changes. I think the real change, though, is that Delta 7B. So I do have one quick question for you guys about the torrent changes. Do you think yeah. these two are excluded from hyperspace just to try to keep the number of named pilots somewhat even between the factions? Because honestly, like these two don't even have like phenomenal abilities. So why not include them in hyperspace? Yeah, I think that's got to be the only reason. It's just number of pilots. Because Swoop and Tucker, I'd say, both have better abilities than these two, in my opinion. I, I think probably the cap on pilots. I think you're right, John. I think the cap on pilots is part of it. I think, um, especially with this, this feels kind of like a halfway points update in so many ways, 
where they, you know, we everyone was asking for a points update because that was what what had been promised to us. Obviously, Fantasy Flight didn't know pre-pandemic that there was going to be a huge limit on the number of organized play events that could happen, but people were still expecting the change. So in a lot of ways, I feel like our points update here is kind of like half of what a full points update would be. So they're not adding whole ships to hyperspace. They're just kind of feeding in a few pilots for each one um, just to give a little variance to people who have already gotten some time in with the last points yeah. setup. And for some, that definitely makes sense. It's just these two kind of had me scratching my brain a little bit. <laughs> I don't I don't know if there's anything in particular about Kickback and Axe. I wonder if they even put that much thought into it. Like, they probably just kind of went of the, all the name pilots on the tour, and all right, we'll keep these two out, put the rest in. Maybe they flipped a coin. Yeah, I think Gold Squadron Trooper deliberate a mission and then kick back and axe i guess they had to keep somebody out but we did see some changes like you were saying carson to delta 7b title uh point changes now so it's uh slightly cheaper for i3 pilots going down two points to 15 stays the same at 18 points for i4 pilots and then i5 and i6 pilots go up two and four points respectively so now if you're paying for i6 it's 24 and if you're doing i5 it's 21 yeah, I think this is good. I feel like it's still appropriate. Um, I mean, Delta 7B is so good. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the 7B Jedis were some of the best things you could be doing in Extended. And particularly those Initiative 5 pilots, the Initiative 6 ones. And so I like that, you know, they didn't put too many points on the base pilots. You know, we could still have them pretty affordable for calibrated laser. But when you want the 7b you got to pay the premium and i think that's the right way to put the points well it's, it seems like um they've had the hardest time finding the right balancing point for ships that have force charges and since the republic has such a focus on the force it makes sense that they would have a lot of tweaks to do over time to those to find the sweet spot for them um, i mean like the 7b upgrade has proven in combination with the inherent force charges on the jedi to be insanely powerful like the 7B on its own, if you weren't accounting for the force, would just feel like a pretty, you know, high end uh, heavy fighter. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you have those force charges makes it a lot harder to balance. So I'm not surprised we're seeing the high initiative pilots see an increase here to their uh, 7B title. And you usually see that upgrade paired with the regen droids too. So with those two things, you know, with the extra shields and the extra attack, and then to be able to regain your shields with the droid, like you should definitely pay that premium. And, you know, honestly, I'm a fan of any time they make changes that increase the cost on the high initiative end because I like X-Wing when you really have to balance out those decisions of if, if I'm going to run a high initiative pilot, I'm going to have to pay a hefty point cost for it. And that, in so many ways, encourages people to go down the line to the, the lower initiative and figure out other strategies. So I've been pushing a long time that I think the high initiative and the lowest initiative pilots need to see their points elevated so that we can see more of those like I-3 and I-4 pilots shine. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, Mace Windu's looking great. You know, he only went up one point, and that 7B, um, it's not going to cost him too much. All right, so that's the uh, Republic for us. Um, is there anything you guys expected to see changed on the Republic side that didn't get changed? I mean, they hit the Jedi, which I thought was going to be kind of the most obvious one. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little surprised at some of the things going down, but... Um... It's all great, so I think that'll bring more diversity into the faction, and I think that's great. The only thing that really got me, I think, was that increase to Rick, which I think was a little unnecessary. 
Yeah, yeah, I, the Rick one still feels weird just because he was already a pilot that I think demanded a fair amount of skill. Um, and so you already had to pay in like yeah. the effort you put to execute him. You just kind of point him in direction and throw a five straight down. <laughs> I get you are, you are the two-year North American champion, so I guess I'll have to trust your judgment. I Yeah, he was only good because people thought he was good um, <laughs> and decided to shoot at him. All right, now we'll go over on the Separatist end, which uh, saw not a whole lot of hyperspace additions, but I think a pretty substantial one with the addition of the Belba Lab, uh, almost all of their pilots for the Belba Lab. Get out of here, Seer. Nobody wants you. <laughs> Wisely, they decided not to include Captain Seer, which I will respect, because um, that would have made... I mean, that would have kind of undermined the point changes we saw to Trade Federation drones and Separatist drones, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, he's great. Um but still, having that Belba Lab, it's a great ship for that tactical relay. Um, and just General Grievous, especially with that Solus One title, um, that's just a workhorse ship. Yeah, I like Grievous a lot. Even though I'm not a set player, it kind of pained me not to see him get played more. Yeah, so I mean, that's definitely a cool addition. Um, and obviously, it's still going to benefit Swarms because they have another platform for those tactical relays. And... Yeah, we saw some point changes, though. One of the big ones that they talked about on their live stream was the point changes we saw to the Nantex, which saw some massive point decreases. I think the biggest ones we saw of any ships uh, in this points update. Pretty much going down across the board in a substantial way. Sunfac went down nine points. Burwakret, four. Chertek, five. Uh, Gorgol and Pentraki Coliseum, ace, eight. And then the Stalgason Hive Guard went down five. So now these are all floating between about uh, high 20s and all the way up to, like... 45 for Sunfac. Though actually most of them I guess fall into the mid 30 category other than Sunfac. Yeah. Yeah, um are you pretty excited to play some Nantexes now? Well, it's like it's totally different, right? Um in Snares still not in hyperspace and even in Extended they upped all the points so those are all at least 21 points now regardless of your pilot initiative. Um it's it's definitely different. It feels like they've kind of introduced a new ship to the game cuz people kind of inherently are going to have to play it differently than they were. Well, they moved basically all of the cost of ensnare from the ship chassis and put it into this ensnare upgrade. And so now you can just take these bare Nantexes. And the question is, okay, what are they doing for the separatists? Um obviously these guys got um pretty good offensive output. But not too much survivability. No, they're they're glass cannons. I mean, you're taking it for like the moderate um, control effects, right? But with the changes to the way tractor tokens work, you know, the opponent being able to rotate their ship 90 degrees by taking a stress token, like the Nantexes were good because you were potentially negating shots from a ship by just moving it out of position. And now you're still likely going to be trading shots with that ship. And, you know, the, the Nantex only has three health. Right? Or is it four? Three or four? Whatever. It's four. It's yeah. four. Uh it's not gonna last very long. Uh, you know, maybe one or two volleys, but that's you know, not not as good as it was, you know, prior to the changes to tractor. And um, you know, we see Sunfac is up there at forty five points, and unless you guys can cr- I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh you're basically okay, you're paying uh, thank you. Awesome. I'll move on then. No, you're basically paying a lot of extra points for initiative six on Sunfac. Because his pilot ability is, you know, based on the defender being tractored, and there's not a good way for them to pass tractors without ensnare, right? Like, that's going to be a lot harder to pull off. 
Yeah. In hyperspace, you know, when we're just looking at the Nantex, um, yeah, Sunfac does basically have a blank pilot ability. Yeah. But they do have access to um, the Sith Infiltrator, which has cannon upgrades, um, so you can get some tractor tokens that way. If you want an I-6, save your points, take Django, move on. Done. <laughs> just wait for Django to come out. Um, but Well, I think yeah. he'll cost a fair bit more than 45 I Probably. Bet. Like 49 I'm a simple man. <laughs> Speaking of the Sith Infiltrator, we did see the low-end named pilot O66 go down two points as well. That's great. I like that one. Just the calculate one. Carson, do you expect the uh, Sith Infiltrator to get some play now that we have O66 at 49? I mean, it's not terribly expensive. Uh, no, it's not. And, you know, that ship also can carry that tactical relay. And having the calculate is sometimes just an advantage within this faction. Um, and so I think there's, you know, a lot of decent reasons to take O66. You know, the other infiltrator pilots are great, um, but it's, I think this one should see more play and it's good to see FFG encouraging that by a slight points decrease. We had also, I think we were all kind of in agreement that uh, Trade Federation drones and Separatist drones were too cheap, and now we've seen a point increase to both of them. They both went up 1.2, uh, 20 points for the Trade Federation drone, 22 for the Separatist drone. Do you guys think that change is enough? Like, should they have gone up more than that? Yes. Um, I think in the drones themselves, no. I don't know. I guess, Maybe. okay, the drones going up a point, fine, but grappling struts should have also gone up a point, I think. Yeah, that's that's where I would have put more of the points. Um, what I do like about this is they didn't, you know, increase all of them across the board. It was just the generic ones that were being spammed. Um, and so we'll see perhaps more of those um, limited or limited plus pilots within those drones. I think that's cool. I mean, yeah, because uh, now, like, the Precise Hunter, which have that cool bullseye ability, uh, those are only 23 points, so slightly more expensive than the Septrone. So hopefully there'll be some more diversity in what people run in the Separatist Swarms. But, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think uh, Grappling Straps needed to go up a little bit more. We also saw the two, I'd say, probably most popular tactical relay upgrades, Kraken and TA-175, go up one and two points, respectively. So now they are both at 11. Yeah, and I think this is great. You know, we wanted the Separatist Swarms to be hit um, with a little bit of points tax. We saw a little bit of that with the drones, and now we're seeing a little bit more with these uh, two popular relays. Yeah, and having them both at 11, that makes a lot of sense now that they have another platform to run those tactical relays on with the Belbalab. Um, so seeing the point increase there makes sense. And if people are opting to run Belbalabs to run their TAC relays, they're already going to be paying more for their relay carrier than they were before when it was just the bomber. I think what I really like about them both being at 11 points is that now you you have the offensive side of things with Kraken and the defensive side of things with TA-175. Um, now you're not maybe as inclined to go one way or the other because of cost. Now they cost the same, so it really depends on what kind of benefit you want your vultures to get. Yeah, I think you said exactly what I was going to say um, perfectly. <laughs> oh, usually I do that. Uh, it's awesome that they cost the same. Um I think just aesthetically, that's just a cool thing to have in the game. So that's pretty much all of the changes we saw for this faction in hyperspace. 
we did see one pretty major change to an upgrade in extended. Yeah, so that was uh, ensnare went up across the board kind of concurrently with all the increases to uh, uh, the Nantex fighter. So now all the ensnares, regardless of your initiative cost, 21 on the low end, or if you're i5 or i6, 24, 28, um, which I think effectively relegates this to tabletop play. Yep, this is unplayable. I have a hard time. Yeah, I mean, even an extended, I have a hard time seeing people run this because um, that's just, I mean, just a run sunfac plus 28 points that's insanely expensive for a ship that is not that durable 73 points just take Django. it's funny because we looked at um that delta 7b upgrade and oh 24 points on issue six yeah that seems pretty fair like and people still probably use that um 28 points for ensnare is pretty comparable um but yeah i think the changes that they've made to tractor it's just it's not keeping your ships alive anymore. It's still going to you know, reduce that agility and put them in the right spot, but they're still going to be able to shoot back at you. And your 70-point Nantex not going to live very long. Probably not. All right, let's get generic. <laughs> we thought this would be a good way to set up the next couple episodes, too, because we do need to find a space to talk about all these generic upgrades, and now seems like the time. Um, actually, a decent number of changes in generic stuff. Um additions right away we saw some big munition changes we have connor nets now in hyperspace along with diamond boron missiles which one of you can remind me what those do yeah, one of us could probably <laughs> it's probably you john you remember everything yeah i'm like we were just talking before we recorded like it's been so long since i've like actively thought about this i just don't even like know what things do anymore it's got a lot of text, and so that's why I, I don't want to misspeak here. Um, Isn't it? That's a, that one's a also that one's a double slot, right? I think requires yeah, I think two missile slots. Your, or doesn't it take like your? Um, it takes a non-missile slot too, doesn't it? Oh man, this is great content right now. Oh, is it your missile and your bomb slot? I think that's it. Wait, what can even take this? Like a tie bomber? A oh, a hyena. A tie heavy might. Um, or one of those tie upgrades that has calculate. I think a tie bomber can, but can't shoot it. This is such good podcasting. (laughs) I got it. It's double missile slot for sure. Uh, range two to three, uh, three attack dice in arc, three charges, attack target lock, spend a charge. After this attack hits, you may spend a charge. If you do each ship at range zero to one of the defender with agility equal to or less than the defenders rolls one attack die and suffers one hit or crit result for each matching result. Okay. Oh my gosh. Not only is it unreadable, it's unplayable. Move on. <laughs> I am not a fan. Oh man, the card text made me sad halfway through. So, There's just so yeah. much there. Anyway, Marksmanship, also in hyperspace. Love it. Great bullseye ability. Super easy to use. Great. Yeah, this is a fun, cheap one too. So just one point for Marksmanship. You can throw that on your uh, Gold Squadron protectors using that uh, talent slot and get a little extra benefit out of them. That's the fun. Gold like Squadron Protector does not have a talent slot, Tim. The Blue Squadron Protector does. Blue. <laughs> That's what I meant. And it's not even <laughs> the right name. It's the Gold Squadron Trooper. Yeah. Blue Squadron Protector. We know what you meant. It's okay. Thanks, John. Yeah. He just thinks they're clones. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're literally identical, right? Um, targeting synchronizer also got added into hyperspace. Probably still won't see much of that one. 
Um, the one I'm really excited for, dorsal turret, that got added um, and got reduced in cost, went down to two points. Um, I think this is a big addition for hyperspace. Yeah. You know, we got all those Y wings, especially on the Republic, you know, they got cheaper, more, um, incentivized to play. And, you know, now you can just put on a dorsal turret and, you know, just have a nice broad sweeping arc to keep some of those aces in check. Well, and I think uh, one of the practical reasons I'd wager they added this, um, to hyperspace is because now that the VCX is in hyperspace, uh, over on the rebel side, they wanted to give a good offensive turret option to it, so it's not just limited to ion cannon turret. Um, so that's that, that's good just for that ship on its own, because I mean, a couple points to throw that on your VCX seems like an auto include, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, ion cannon turret. <laughs> I mean, ion turret is great, but you know, five points does add up, so it's really nice to have the flexibility and options there. Uh, Carson, it is called Ion Cannon Turret. Is it yeah. really? It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I said that out loud, and I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> nope, that's what it's called. You were right. Never second-guess yourself, man. You're always right the first time. <laughs> Unless you're not, yeah. You can quote me on that. Um, I The dorsal turret does open up a lot of space for those small base turret ships, though, for sure. We, because, I mean, before, you like if you didn't want to run the Ion thing, it just wasn't going to do anything for you. Now you can run a, just a regular... I mean, this is about as generic as a turret gets, right? Oh, absolutely. Related to Ion, we saw the Connor Nets and Ion bombs each come down a point to five, you know, with Connors getting added to hyperspace. I like seeing them at that slightly reduced cost point because now, you know, you have more options kind of at that five level with, you know, proton bombs, and, you know, you can kind of use it to however you want to flavor, flavor your list with your devices. Don't you kind of wish you couldn't regen force if you were ionized? I want some control effect where you can't regen force. <laughs> that doesn't like... thematically make sense, Carson. No, it doesn't. If anything, um, they'd have more time to focus and regain their force. So actually, I'm going to argue that we should get extra force back while you're ionized. Two force back if you're ionized. Yeah, that sounds fair, okay, actually. We need control effects that limit the force. Yeah, see, Carson, <laughs> Tim took your idea and made it better. All right, be it resolved, you get two force back when you're ionized. It's done. You heard it here. Uh, Condornets are a pretty fun way to control, though. They only have one charge on them, so it's a a one-trick effect. But um, But they're big. If I remember right, yeah, it's a huge token. and they drop template, yeah. They drop three ions on you when you pass through them plus a damage, so that's pretty good. I see your large base ship, and I ionize it. Done. I mean, it's great. You know, we want a large base ship to see more play, but we also want tools to be able to deal with them. Um, you know, and having these control effects be in hyperspace, I think is good. I think that's a nice kind of fun police for the formats. Yeah, and there and there has been a uh, Fantasy Flight's making a push to make large base ships more viable in the game because they have just not been that popular. Um, and that's been true basically since the inception of second edition um so we are seeing some changes now they changed the scaling on how cards like agile gunner works as well which is in hyperspace as well as uh, veteran turret gunner which is in extended um and those are now based on base size so they're actually cheaper the larger base you have yeah this one tripped me up i I swore i was reading it wrong Uh, (laughs) it's always got to be more expensive on the bigger ships right 
Well, it's funny because it like when you think about the logic they're running, if you want to include more large base ships in X-Wing, this actually makes sense because the more the opportunities where these cards get abused, especially cards like Veteran Turret Gunner, are usually on the smaller base ships. Those are the ones that are like the double-tapping Y-Wings and whatnot. Um, the large base ships, that has not really been a problem. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about how Dorsal Turret was great for the Ghost, but also great for the Y-Wings. Um, and so it's like all these upgrades, like any changes you make, um, do impact a bunch of different ships. And so now they're just basically making it better for the big ships. Yeah. I like this change almost solely just because it's kind of, you know, opposite of what I would have expected them to do. And like you said, Tim, like to see that push towards including larger base ships in your games, um, you know, I think you see a lot of large base play in like scum because they have so many options, but I think this gives a little bit more viability to other ships and other factions, you know, maybe um, like the ghost specifically in rebels. Now that that is hyperspace legal. I, I like it just because it kind of speaks to a philosophy that um, I wasn't sure was a part of these point updates, but that they are, it seems like they are trying to craft an environment for hyperspace, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what I'm looking for in that format. I wanted to, every time it changes um, them to be kind of pushing different things up to the front of the game. And this tells me that they're being very aware of like, well, large base ships just aren't being used at all, even though we include them. So let's encourage players a little bit more by doing these point adjustments to use those large bases. Which is cool. Like the more ship diversity on the table, the better. But then also giving us the tools to deal with them with the Connernets, ion bombs, ion missiles also going down a bit. Um, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it would be dramatically worse if the game just became all large bases, right? So you got to have some tools to deal with that. Um, plus, we have some big kind of munitions changes. Um, passive sensors, a great munitions enabler, uh, went down if you are initiative four or lower. It costs two points. That's great. Um, and if you initiative five or six, it costs four or six points. Yeah, this change makes sense because I f- yeah. like if I had to intuit what the original design was, it seemed like passive sensors was meant to be good on lower initiative ships so they could get target locks later in the turn and then be able to fire munitions. Um, but really, I think what it ended up being used for was just as a way to make Darth Vader even better. Yeah, if you're abusing the action window or, you know, giving locks to ships that shouldn't have locks like Phantoms, um, you know, you're going to have to pay extra points for that. Everyone who's using it fair, they get it at a cheaper point. Originally, when this card came out, whenever I would think about it, I would just like intuitively think of the TIE SF as like an obvious carrier for this card. Um, And now I think with this intended uh, like kind of scaled points change, we'll see more of those low initiative ships carrying this upgrade because it, it is very good. Um, and I think the higher cost on higher initiative ships is definitely appropriate. Right. So then on top of that, we see a lot of munitions go down, um, advanced proton torpedoes, ion torpedoes, plasma torpedoes, all going down one point. Um, so we're seeing, you know, we got a lot of bombs go down. And now we're seeing some torpedoes go down. Yeah, so, and this is cool. We also saw ion missiles go down, which I like. So ion missiles went down one point and is just three points right now, um, which I like because that is starting to feel in the range of, you know, ion missiles isn't like an overpowered card, but now you'll start to see ships that uh, will run it just because like, oh, it's only a few extra points to squeeze in a little control effect. Maybe I can run that on one of my ships. Whereas I feel like so many times in the history of X-Wing, the only reasons you were taking munitions was to do spike damage. 
and you really had to invest in getting those munitions to work. Whereas like the cheaper those kind of simpler munitions get, the more likely people are just going to be able to run them without having that be a focus of the list. Yeah, so lots of interesting changes to generic upgrades in hyperspace. Um, we also saw some happen in Extended as well. Not as many, but some that are, I would say, just as influential to the game. Yeah, I think um, a big one is the veteran turret gunner change, which we mentioned before. This is obviously extended only, um, but that also changed based on base size. So it's now 12 points for a small base, 9 points for a medium base, and only 7 points for a large base. And uh, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty big change because 7 points for the ability to shoot twice in a turn is pretty strong. Ghost players everywhere are just rejoicing at this point's update. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready to run VCXs. It'll bring me back to Rebels for a little while. I love flying that ship. Yeah, I mean, this is great. I mean, it's the same thing as the Agile Turret Gunner, just more incentivizing using that large base. Um, and then, you know, cluster missiles, proton rockets, uh, electron proton bomb, you know, all going down one. We're seeing, you know, a bit more emphasis on these extra weapons. Um, I think there's basically one big topic point left. Perhaps the most controversial of this whole points update. And, and what's that, Carson? Is it saturation salvo only going down one point? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about saturation salvo for a few minutes. It's crack shot doubling in cost. Oh, man. A 100% increase. Does it go from the best upgrade to unplayable? I don't know. <laughs> no, absolutely Is not. Is that the Two dividing line? still really good. Um, actually, no. I'm on, I'm on Carson's side. I think this is unplayable now. Well, before I would debate on whether heroic or crack shot was the best option, and now heroic's just cheaper. So oh, why would I ever take crack shot? Sorry, one second. Let me clarify something here. I think Crackshot now definitely unplayable at two points. Heroic is still garbage, and I'll never run it. Fact. <laughs> so, yeah, so sorry. Just wanted to be perfectly clear there. So I think all three of us kind of fell in different positions in this debate. Uh, really, I just feel more justified in taking my more expensive talents like Elusive and Lone Wolf um, because all the cheaper ones that are good are going up in points. <laughs> I'm, okay with, I'm okay with it going up a point. It's fine. I, I think so, too. Yeah, I know. I'm being facetious. It's fine. It's a powerful ability. I mean, like... It's really good. It's, and I think, you know, to pay one point extra for it, you know, on, like, a ship is fine. I, I've i never really spammed it. Like, I'm sure for the people out there that are, you know, spamming crack shot are probably crying right now, but whatever. Get over yourselves. <laughs> fly less crack shot. Fly something else. Do more marksmanship. Well, you can still run the Star Vipers all four with crack shot, right? Like, this right. didn't push that out of the metagame right yeah no nah, it's totally fine yeah so it's a it's a reasonable change i mean canceling damage is pretty strong even now, if it has a narrow one-time application if it had gone up to like four points and got like the juke treatment i'd probably be a little more upset but nah, two points is totally reasonable i feel like if it went up that much that would be a telling of like it's only to target specific lists that were abusing it right and, I mean, the game will exist without it, so it wouldn't be, like, the worst loss. I would just be a little bit sad because we don't have that many cool little tricks even now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, so overall, some pretty exciting changes for Republic, Separatists, and then we see some, you know, different incentive shifts within the generic upgrades for large base ships and uh, more weapons. 
yeah, and missiles so, and bombs. A lot of cool stuff here, and we've only just barely scratched the surface of this points update. So we'll be back uh, next week with even more content, focusing on another section of these factions. Um, let us know though what uh, what separatists and republicists are you most excited to fly right now? What changed and suddenly you're all right? I'm going to run my oddball uh, Anakin Y wing list. I'm ready for it. What are you What are you excited to put dorsal turret on? That's that's what I'm really thinking about. You can let us know on Facebook.com slash Radio TCX. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a like. Uh, that really helps uh, boost the signal of the show and let other people know we're out there and that you like us. If you like listening to the show, consider going on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review, saying what specifically you like and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to Patreon.com slash Radio TCX and becoming a supporter of the show today. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with more Points Talk next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to send this file over to John so he can get started with his uh, first episode edit. Yeah, great content creator. That's me. I had a ginger ale the other day too. Oh man. Also like, great. One of those things like I don't go out of my way to buy it, but every now and then I'll have one and it's like, mm, this is choice. I love Sprite, dude. It's so like crisp and refreshing.